Revelation chapter 10, Revelation chapter 10, and we will continue looking at this portion of Scripture. Uh, we'll read um, beginning in verse 1, Revelation chapter 10. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven wrapped in a cloud with a rainbow over his head and his face was like the sun and his legs like pillars of fire. He had a little scroll open in his hand and he set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land and called out with a loud voice like a roaring lion. When he called out, the seven thunders sounded and when the seven thunders had sounded, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up what the seven thunders have said, and do not write it down. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and what is in it, the earth and what is in it, and the sea and what is in it, that there would be no more delay, but that in the days of the trumpet called to be sounded by the seventh angel, the mystery of God would be fulfilled, just as he announced to his servants the prophets. Then the voice that I heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, Go take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land, so I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, Take and eat it. It will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. And I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and ate it. It was sweet as honey in my mouth, but when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. And I was told, You must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff, and I was told, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there, but do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out, for it is given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. And I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. And if anyone would harm them, fire pours from their mouth and consumes their foes. If anyone would harm them, this is how he is doomed to be killed. They have the power to shut the sky, that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. And they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they desire. When they have finished their testimony. The beast that rises from the bottomless pit will make war on them and conquer them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that symbolically is called Sodom in Egypt, 
where their Lord was crucified. For three and a half days, some from the peoples and tribes and languages and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents because these two prophets had been a torment to those who dwell on the earth. But after the three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them, and they stood up on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. And then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies watched them. And at that hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake, and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is soon to come. And then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came. And the time for the dead to be judged and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. Then God's temple in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was seen within his temple. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder, an earthquake in heavy hail. Thus ends the reading of God's very word. Let's pray. Father, we are always dependent on you to give us your blessed spirit to understand your word. And Lord, this passage is no exception. And so, Lord, we look to you, Lord Jesus, begging that you would come and Take this, the very word of your mouth, and open it to us that we would learn more of you and that you would do what you have promised at the beginning of the book of Revelation, uh, that all who read and who heed the words of this book would be blessed. And so come and bless us tonight. Encourage our hearts. How we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you reign on high, that you are not only the lamb who laid down your life to rescue your sheep, but you have come forth from the tomb on the third day, and you are the roaring lion. And Lord, we beg that you would encourage us this night as we think of what you have done in the past as we tremble, Lord, thinking of you judging nations that set themselves against you, 
that, Lord, we would be encouraged to stand for you in our day and that, Lord, you would have mercy upon this land, uh, that you would grant repentance and faith in you, Lord Jesus. We make our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we want to press on this evening looking at some other aspects of this uh, very mysterious and intriguing uh, portion of Scripture. Uh, just a little review. We have seen the seven seals, uh, and now there are seven trumpets that are uh, blowing, announcing the judgment of God coming upon uh, his enemies and the rescue of God's people uh, simultaneously, bringing temporal judgment and temporal relief. Just a little shadow of that great day when Jesus will come again in glory. And we had the sixth angel blowing uh, the trumpet. Um, there was this pause uh, after that. Um, we uh, might think of it as an interlude. Uh, it's a, a, a little uh, pause, and there are some things that the Lord would bring to our mind and attention uh, before the seventh angel blows his trumpet, uh, as we read uh, toward the end of chapter 11. Uh, between this sixth trumpet call and the seventh trumpet call, the Lord takes us and shows us uh, several amazing truths. First of all, he shows us the one who is the judge. Uh, we have this messenger who comes from heaven. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ enters into human history. Um, a, a reminder of what he will do physically and in person at the end of time. Um, he is pictured here as the lion who roars. And we saw that description that can be none other than uh, the Son of God in the flesh. Uh, he is the one who raises his right hand and swears that there will be no more delay. Well, what an encouragement that is and an answer uh, to the prayer that we saw back in chapter 6, uh, the, uh, when the fifth seal was opened. And you can turn back, uh, verse 9, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. And so here... In answer uh, to that prayer and according to the plan of God Almighty, uh, we see the Lord Jesus announcing that there would be no more delay. Now, there was something that was 
uh, mentioned earlier in this passage that we have yet to look at. And that's what we will turn our attention to this evening. Look in verse 2 of Revelation 10. Uh, this mighty Savior, he had a little scroll open in his hand. Now, we don't hear any more else about uh, uh, this scroll. We have these seven thunders, and John is about to write down the particulars of these judgments and these rescue uh, uh, temporally that the Lord Jesus was going to accomplish. But he is told not to write those particulars down. And you remember we looked at Deuteronomy 29, 29. God hasn't told us everything there is to know. Uh, there are many things that he has uh, uh, planned and decreed that uh, belong to him. They are secret things. But he has revealed all that he uh, says is good for us to know. And so uh, John must be content, we must be content, the people in his day uh, were content to trust and obey. Well, uh, this little scroll, uh, we know uh, in general it had to do with the judgment on God's enemies and the rescue of God's people. And so in verse 8, uh, last week, we saw uh, that this fulfillment of the time would issue forth in uh, the mystery uh, of God being fulfilled. That when this seventh trumpet uh, sounded, uh, that the Lord would bring to completion uh, the fulfillment of his promises all through the Old Testament, that the day would come uh, when the Gentiles would be added to God's people. And the Old Testament economy was done away with. And the final symbol of that Old Testament economy was the temple standing in Jerusalem. Well, before uh, we look at that uh, specific thing in chapter 11, uh, we come now... Uh, to more information about this scroll that was in the hand of the Lord. Look at verse 8. Then the voice that I had heard from heaven spoke to me again, saying, Go take the scroll that is open in the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. Uh, this picture of the Lord Jesus having one foot on the sea and one foot on the land uh, a symbol of conquering uh, these uh, uh, enemies. And it's uh, fascinating that as we go through the book of Revelation now, there's going to be a beast that arises from the sea and a beast that arises from the land uh, that is going to make war against God's people. But both of these beasts are doomed. Well... In verse 9, so I went to the angel and told him to give me the little scroll. Uh, that was the direction. Go take the scroll out of his hand. So John goes and he takes the scroll uh, out of the hand of this messenger. So I went to the messenger and told him to give me the little scroll. And he said to me, take and eat it. 
it will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. And I took the little scroll from the hand of the angel and ate it, and it was sweet as honey in my mouth. But when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter, and I was told, you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. Then I was given a measuring rod. Now, before we look at this measuring rod, what is the deal uh, with this scroll? Well, let's go and look at a couple of passages uh, in the Old Testament. First of all, in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 3. Now, you remember when we were earlier in the book of Revelation, I mentioned that in a very real sense, the book of Revelation is one of the richest portions uh, of Scripture in taking imagery and themes from all over Holy Scripture. It, it's like a, a tapestry woven together taking threads from all over Scripture and weaving them together. And so here we have in Ezekiel uh, chapter 3, and um, let's uh, just get a little running go. Um, let's look at, at chapter 2, uh, beginning in verse 1, Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 1. He said to me, Son of man, stand on your feet. And I will speak with you. And as he spoke to me, the Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. And I heard him speaking to me. And he said to me, Son of man, I send you to the people of Israel, to nations of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants also are impudent and stubborn. I send you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God. And whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, do not be afraid of them, nor be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns are with you, and you sit on scorpions. Now, <laughs> what a description. Uh, the Lord says, Ezekiel, here's going to be uh, your experience as a preacher of the gospel in that day. It's going to be like you have gone and sat down in a briar patch. That sounds pleasant. He says, it's going to be like you going and sitting on a, a scorpion. That sounds like not much fun. Verse 4. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. That wasn't verse 4, that was verse 6. And you shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Be not rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth. And eat what I give you. And when I looked, behold, a hand was stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll 
of a book was in it. And he spread it before me, and it had writing on the front and on the back, and there were written on it words of lamentation and mourning and woe. And he said to me, Son of man, eat whatever you find here. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he gave me this scroll to eat. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it, and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. And he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. For you are not sent to a people of foreign speech and a hard language, but to the house of Israel, not to many peoples of foreign speech and a hard language, whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I sent you to such, they would listen to you. But the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you, for they are not willing to listen to me, because all the house of Israel have a hard forehead and a stubborn heart. Behold, I've made your face as hard as their faces and your forehead as hard as their foreheads. Like emery, harder than flint, have I made your forehead. Fear them not, nor be dismayed at their looks, for they are a rebellious house. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, all my words that I shall speak to you receive in your heart and hear with your ears and go to the exiles, to your people, and speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, whether they hear or refuse to hear. And then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard behind me the voice of a great earthquake. Blessed be the glory of the Lord from its place. It was the sound of the wings of the living creatures as they touched one another and the sound of the wheels beside them and the sound of a great earthquake. And the Spirit lifted me up and took me away and I went in bitterness in the heat of my spirit, the hand of the Lord being strong upon me. And I came to the exiles at Tel Aviv who were dwelling by the Kabar Canal. And I sat where they were dwelling, and I sat there overwhelmed among them seven days. At the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. And you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his wicked way in order to save his life. That work, wicked person shall die for his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked, and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his wicked way, he shall die for his iniquity. But you have delivered your soul. Again, if a righteous person turns from his righteousness and commits injustice, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die. Because you have not warned him, he shall die for his sin, and his righteous deeds that he has done shall not be remembered. But his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the righteous person not to sin, and he does not sin, he shall surely live. Because he took warning, and you will have delivered your soul. And the hand of the Lord was upon me there. 
And he said to me, Arise, go out into the valley, and there I will speak with you. So I arose and went out into the valley, and behold, the glory of the Lord stood there, like the glory that I had seen by the Chabar Canal. And I fell on my face, face, but the Spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. And he spoke with me and said to me, Go, shut yourself within your house, and you, O son of man, behold, cords will be placed upon you, and you shall be bound with them, so that you cannot go out among the people. And I will make your tongue cling to the roof of your mouth, so that you shall be mute and unable to reprove them, for they are a rebellious house. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord God, He who will hear, let him hear, and he who will refuse to hear, let him refuse, for they are a rebellious house. Now, we could go reading on and on, but what we see is, is that this scroll that the Lord uh, had, uh, he gives to Ezekiel, and he tells him, Ezekiel, for you, this is going to be a sweet experience. Ezekiel loved the Lord, and God's word was sweet to him, but he was sent to proclaim the gospel to a people in his day who were rebellious, and because of that, he also experienced the horrifying consequences as he watched the judgment of God upon a people who should have loved the Lord. And it was bitterness to him. And you see that uh, uh, contrast in verse 3 of chapter 3. He said to me, Son of man, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. And then I ate it and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. Uh, the Lord tells us that his word uh, is, is sweeter to us than the honey of the honeycomb. And that was Ezekiel's experience. But because of the mission he was on, it was also a, a sad thing. It was a, 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 a difficult thing. It was like sitting in a briar patch. It, it was like sitting on a scorpion uh, because he was giving the message of life. And a people said, no, thank you. I don't think so. And so he experienced both this sweetness to himself and the bitterness of seeing the rejection of the gospel, of the message of life and hope that those who repent and turn to the Lord will live and be forgiven and experience the blessing and joy of the Lord. Now, it's helpful for us uh, as we come here to Revelation chapter 10 and consider this passage of Scripture, uh, that is just some Old Testament backdrop that gives us a little richer uh, understanding of what's going on here in Revelation chapter 11. And so if you'll turn there with me again now, we see that Ezekiel, um, he had sweetness and bitterness, and so does John. And it's over the same thing. For John, his experience is one of great joy and thrill for himself personally. The word of God is sweet in the mouth of the child of God. But his job was to proclaim the gospel. And as he dwelled 
upon this message and saw the result of apostate Israel rejecting the prophets down through the ages, culminating in the rejection of Messiah himself. Oh, it was a sad thing. It was sorrowful. Um, well, let's look at a couple of passages. The Lord Jesus, he also was one who experienced the great bliss and joy of of having close fellowship with his Father. Uh, his word was a delight uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, he delighted in God's uh, word. Uh, for example, Psalm 40, which is quoted in the book of Hebrews as referring to the Lord Jesus. Um, look in as, uh, Psalm 40, verse 6. In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. And then I said, Behold, I have come, and the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. The Lord Jesus, he had the sweet experience of perfectly doing the Father's will, of being close uh, with the Father. But we also see the Lord Jesus, for example, in Matthew chapter 23, as he considers uh, uh, the, the state of Israel and as he thinks about their rejection of the prophets of old announcing his coming and then rejecting he himself in their midst. What does Jesus announce in Matthew 23? Oh, it is a sorrowful thing. It is a bitterness to his soul to see the rejection of the very word of the living God. In Matthew chapter 23, the Lord addressed the scribes and the Pharisees, the leaders of God's people. Um, Woe to you, in verse 25, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and the plate, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. You blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and the plate, that the outside also may be clean. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which outwardly appear beautiful, but within are full of dead people's bones and all uncleanness. So you also outwardly appear righteous to others, but within you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the monuments of the righteous, saying, If we had lived in the days of our fathers, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. You see, the Pharisees and scribes, they knew the history. They knew that God's people, there was not a single prophet in the history of God's people who had not been persecuted by the very people who should have eagerly embraced the message of life and redemption. Verse 31, Thus you are witnesses against yourselves that you are sons of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up then the measure of your fathers. 
You serpents, you brood of vipers, how are you to escape being sentenced to hell? And therefore I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, some of whom you will kill and crucify, and some you will flog in your synagogues and persecute from town to town so that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, whom you murder between the sanctuary and the altar. Truly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. And then notice verses 37 through 39. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her, how often would I have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, yet you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord Jesus had the sorrow. Uh, yes, he had sweet fellowship with the Father. Uh, sweet uh, honey. But he also experienced the sorrow and the bitterness. In Luke chapter 19, the Lord Jesus is described here again, weeping over the city of Jerusalem. Um, in Luke chapter 19, verse 41, And when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. And they were hidden because of their willful ignorance, their rejection of the message of the prophets. And now the Son of God himself in the flesh was before their very eyes, doing mighty miracles, and they rejected him. And the Lord Jesus weeps. It's a bitter thing. Look at the culmination, verse 43. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Well, when Jesus was going through the city on his way to Golgotha, uh, he stumbled. And as he uh, did so, uh, there was uh, another who was tapped to carry his cross beam. And there were women and people who were mourning and weeping as they saw uh, this unfold before their eyes. Look in Luke chapter 23, verse 18. But they all cried out together, Away with this man and release to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection started in the city and for murder. Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, Crucify, crucify him. A third time he said to them, Why, what evil has he done? I have found in him no guilt deserving death. 
I will therefore punish and release him. But they were urgent, demanding with loud cries that he should be crucified. And their voices prevailed. So Pilate decided that their demand should be granted. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder for whom they asked. But he delivered Jesus over to their will. And as they led him away, they seized one Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country and laid on him the cross to carry it behind Jesus. And there followed him a great multitude of people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. But turning to them, Jesus said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. And then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us into the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? The Lord is announcing the judgment that was coming upon Jerusalem within that generation when the city would be surrounded by the Roman armies and the Lord would use them as a tool in his hand to destroy the city. And the Lord Jesus says, as he's facing the horror of the cross, daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and your children. The Lord Jesus wept. And John now, he is given this scroll that has some of the details of what the Lord Jesus was going to do, bringing temporal judgment upon his enemies and relief to his people from these fierce enemies of the gospel. Notice that it culminates in verse 11, and I was told you must again prophesy about many peoples and nations and languages and kings. And then in chapter 11, we have John is given a measuring rod. And so that's where we'll stop tonight. And we'll begin, Lord willing, next week looking at what this measuring rod uh, is all about. And you guessed it, we're probably going to go back to the Old Testament. And we're going to look at some prophets who were given measuring rods and see what this has to do with the judgment on Jerusalem and the rescue of God's people and the building of the new temple that God announced through the prophets of old and now as the mystery was fulfilled continues to be built in our day. Well, this was not only true in Jesus' day as he wept over Jerusalem, sweetness, bitterness, but it was true for John that it was sweet to him to have the gospel and the promises of God, but it was a sorrowful thing to see people reject the message of life and hope. And so it is for us in our day. May the Lord encourage us to keep feeding upon the word of God. 
And even though it is a sad thing to see people turn away from the Lord Jesus Christ, we, by the grace of God, will continue to cling to Jesus and feed upon the sweet honey of God's Word. Well, let's pray. Father, we ask that you would write upon our hearts uh, your Word. Uh, Lord, indeed, uh, we all, uh, even... In, in our own experience, are experiencing the very same thing. Lord, your word is so sweet to us. We thank you for the gospel. We thank you for the heart of the message of the Bible that you in the fullness of time came to redeem us uh, as your people. You have plucked us as brands from the burning. You have lifted us out of the pit. Lord, we're like the sons of Korah that were spared. Uh, we don't deserve it, but Lord, we do stand in wonder and awe of you. We thank you, O Lord, for your tender mercies to us. And Lord, at the same time, uh, we experience the sorrow and the heaviness and the weeping and the bitterness in, in, our, in our stomach of seeing people around us, sometimes even people that we love, uh, refuse to heed uh, the message of life and hope and salvation, refuse to repent and turn from the paths of evil and destruction. Oh, Lord, we think down through the ages of, of people who turned a deaf ear and the horrifying consequences. We think of Adam and Eve themselves listening to the lies of the evil one. And Lord, you came and preached the gospel to spare them. We think of the scoffers in Noah's day, scoffing at, at, at your preacher of righteousness. Uh, we think of, of, of Lot's wife uh, turning back uh, longing for the perversions, uh, uh, the, the uh, wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah, and she was turned to a pillar of salt. Oh, Lord, we think about the scribes and Pharisees and the children of Israel uh, in Jesus' day uh, that rejected even the Son of God who walked in their midst, who did mighty miracles, who spoke as no one had ever spoken with the authority of God Almighty. And, and Lord, what sweetness it is for us to embrace your word, but what sorrow it is for us to see people turning away from you. And so, Lord, as you kept uh, your people, as you kept John, uh, Lord, keep us. And we thank you, O oh Lord, that as we will see next uh, Lord's Day evening, if you would grant us to be together again, Lord God, that you reign on high, and that indeed uh, the mystery, uh, your plan for the ages uh, to establish uh, a new temple, uh, not built with human hands, but uh, made out of living stones of people who are rescued from a, a, a life of rebellion 
uh, made alive to uh, belong to you are joined together. And that none, not Satan, not the demons of hell, not wicked emperors, not powerful uh, uh, rulers can stop you from furthering your gospel. And so, Lord, encourage us this night and strengthen us and raise us up, Lord, to love and adore you and to keep feeding upon your word and to keep calling people to repent. Lord, knowing that we are in your hands, and Lord, we ask that you would bless us and hang on to us for your praise. In Jesus' name, amen.